Hello, welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts. It's the show about how everything is posting. My name is Hussein. Follow me, H. Kasani, if you don't already, both on here and on Instagram. Uh, my name is Phoebe. Uh, there's no point following us on Twitter. Not anymore. Twitter doesn't doesn't work. It's a, yeah. You're not gonna. You're not gonna see us. You're not gonna an, see it's us. It's an empty. It's an empty strip mall. Uh, you can follow. You can follow the show on Instagram. We will plug that at the end. Yes, that's true. We do have an Instagram now. We are trying to use it a bit more. Um, what I was going to say was, no, follow us on Twitter because you probably won't see our posts, but you will see the posts of uh, Derek Guy, the uh, the menswear guy that everyone everyone sees his posts now. Don't know if you got like experienced uh, or whether you saw that. Ooh, I'm not sure that I did. No, I don't. I don't Whoa. know who this is. He's like a menswear guy. He's like a very sort of like he. Basically, he's he he's like a menswear blogger um, who like seems like a reasonable and nice guy. But when Elon made a bunch of changes because he was desperate to get likes and engagement, um, for some reason, Derek Guy, as in this is his name, Derek Guy, <laughs> uh, became like this really notor- no, no, like notorious account. So everyone was just like, why am I kind of seeing this menswear guy all across my timeline, despite the fact that neither not like I don't follow him and he doesn't follow me. Mm. Mm. Um, so things, so things are going great on Elon's Twitter because while I don't see any of the things that my friends say, I do know a lot more about place jackets. I'm just you'll okay. catch a girl on the uh, following tab. That's the thing. Like I just, <laughs> I, I'm just not participating in the for you tab. And also, I just block so extensively. Basically, if I see something and it vaguely annoys me, I'm just like blocked. That's. That's, That's just the way it. you do it. I, I mean, like, I don't care who you yeah. are. I don't care if you're a government official. You know, I got Elon's ask blocked. You better believe I do. I'm not trying to see it. You know, and I think that that really helps a lot. By the I way, we can introduce our guests. He's got okay. a list of everybody that has him blocked, and mm, in the next year definitely. or so, he's gonna he's he's he started to um try this thing where it's like where it's like a kind of close up and personal service with like each of his customers. So he will be coming to your house yeah. to attempt to get you to unblock him. Yeah, that's right. Let's introduce our guest, by the way. I feel like sometimes, cause like we, sometimes the guest doesn't say anything until they're introduced, but Eleanor just went for it. Yeah, we are joined uh, by Dr. Eleanor Yarniger, a medieval historian, a podcaster as well. Uh, we're not so different podcast and also has written a really cool book called The Once and Future Sex, Going Medieval on Women's Roles in Society. Uh, it is out in the UK on the 3rd of March, and it's already out in the US for American listeners. Um, it looks really good. We, uh, You brought us a bunch of hard copies recently because you were on uh, TF, and uh, it looks really nice like on in, on my book pile. Uh, and I'm looking forward to reading it by the end of this month, I promise. But no, yeah, congrats- I, I swear one of the best things about it is that it's incredibly pretty. It is. Um, like the, the, the cover is really book. nice. So congratulations, you know, like, first of all. Buy it and read it in public, right? Like this mm. is a this is a legitimate form of flirting because it's so pretty and everyone will be like, oh, Ooh, look at that, look at that book. book. Hey, right? what's up? Mm-hmm. I'm legit gonna try this because one of my dreams is to get on the um the hot the hot guys reading Instagram page thing. And like the reason I say this is not because I think that I'm like hot or attractive, but because I feel like some of the guys who are on that like are not are fairly like average looking, but people are so amazed that like they're reading actual books that they'll get like loads of compliments and i feel like i want to be that kind of yeah, guy get... every sentence of that was more depressing than the last <laughs> like just don't come on like come on man it's fine you don't you don't you don't need this you don't need that kind I'm of i'm in my i'm in my early 30s i'm having a crisis 
I do. I do need the validation. Do you? Like, oh, look, okay. You know, I, it's something that my therapist and I do actually talk about <laughs> quite a lot. So, um, what, not, what, not, we're not going to go on the there. hot guys reading Instagram account. Is that what you, you know? What you yeah, know? What? That's what I say. Every, yeah, every session, I'm like, there are guys on there, and like they get like loads of likes and loads of like heart emojis, and they're reading like fucking Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Like, I will go there reading a proper like a proper hardback book called The Once and Future mm. Sex, mm. um, and that's how I will get my engagement. Um, so Eleanor, thank you for thank you for providing a pathway into allowing me to fulfill you that. You know, dream. like that, that's what We're friends very, are for. We are, <laughs> we, are very, we are very excited to read that book. Read read, read that book. Um, congratulations, Eleanor. It's um it's going to be fantastic. I'm really really excited to read it, and I I can promise you I won't be pulling any of that um the cut etiquette bullshit on you. Um, <laughs> I will I will not be saying what. Wow, what a feat! Because then you would be entitled uh, to uh, to just take my head off at the shoulders. To be quite honest with you, yeah, I haven't read the cut list. I haven't read the cut list. I didn't know that there was like a etiquette on like how you react to your friends publishing books. No but, one, like um, one of them is like you don't have to read all of your friends' books. It's okay just to say what a feat um, if someone has published a book, which a I think really. I think it it really unwittingly reveals the uh, the the class makeup that they are expecting. Mm. <laughs> they are expecting people to to read this uh, to read this etiquette list, and also like it's just that's the most passive aggressive shit I've ever heard in my entire life. If someone ever, <laughs> if someone did that to me, I would never speak to them again. This is the that's the book equivalent of I saw you up there, um, which is like <laughs> what you have to say to actors. Um, it's yeah, no, no, it's no, it's it's no good. It's no good. But won't pull that shit on Eleanor because I am very excited to read this book, and it's not just because she is my friend. Okay, great. So we've got that disclaimer out of the way. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm very I'm very excited I'm very excited about this episode that we're about that we're about to do, um, and it's because it is the first in uh, it's the first in an ongoing mini series that I have been um, that I have been kind of steadily trying to kind of push for a little while and Hussein has very admirably resisted me doing this but he is finally he has finally given in to my done the like yeah yeah he's finally given in to my bullying campaign I um I promised him that if he agreed to let me do this then um I would submit a picture of him to the hot guys reading Instagram account so (laughs) so that's so that's so that's why he caved. Um, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a mini series about uh, the history of posting. And when I say the history of posting, I don't mean the history of posting online, which is what we have been mainly focusing on up until now. I want to look at not just pre-internet posters. I want to look at pre-electricity posters and the and one of the things that um that has just really struck me and um, when i've been doing like a little bit of kind of a little bit of reading around this subject is that the urge to post seems to be uh seems to be really really consistent throughout human history throughout human civilization um if and i, th- I know that this is an arguable this is an arguable distinction but if you associate civilization with um, with amongst other things, with 
writing and writing that has relationship to spoken language which i know is an i know is arguable i know that there are prehistorians who would who would definitely pull me up on that and maybe we will do maybe we'll try and do an episode on prehistorical posting maybe that's a threat maybe we will try and do that but it does seem to be a consistent thing that people that people yep. want to post. I'm, I'm down for that. People I'm down want to post. That. So yeah. I'm looking forward to the series too. Yeah. So one. So one of the things that I want that I want to be talking about is this apparently very consistent urge to post. I want to talk about what a post is. I want to talk about what a poster is, and that is hopefully stuff that we will be that we'll be talking about in the episodes that we've got planned over uh the coming months and we've got eleanor on it to talk about a really a really fun guy a medieval poster but before we get into that um she sent us some posts to talk about which mm. are images so um <laughs> If we uh, doing a lot of visual media, yeah. This I was going to say, if is... we like chuck away the idea that like a post has to be a text object, because I don't think it does. Um, no. I think it can I, have it I, can I, be an image yeah. as well. I was going to say like, and this is something definitely for like another time to sort of really interrogate. But because so many of like the posts are now okay, I, th I think it's rarer to sort of find a tweet that is just like, yeah, this is this is kind of like pure organic posts. Like it's sort of they all seem to be sort of coming from visual mediums. Mm. And like ending up on Twitter, and so we've been talking like like a lot of our posts recently have been TikToks, and like mm. um yeah, most of them in TikToks. This is actually the first time where it's sort of like a tweet that, but it is a video format. Um, I'm gonna like try describe what I see, first, <laughs> and then I'll kind of throw this forward. So this is coming from a um, I, I won't mention the account actually because we have decided not to do that anymore. Uh, but this is from a account. And, a, um, and then it, and the caption is, if you need proof that men and women are not the same, uh, full stop. The, the science is settled, full stop. And then there's this video of a big guy jumping into, uh, it's like a very snowy climate. I don't know where it is exactly, uh, but he is in like swimming trunks or like maybe his underwear. And he's jumping from like a kind of mountaintop into a kind of lake. And... Yeah, basically, it sort of feels like it's a very kind of cold. Oh, and he's oh, and the most important thing, he's carrying two. I I don't know what they're called. Like they, Sorry, yeah, I don't know what these weapons axe, are called. Like battle uh, axe kind of deal. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, yeah, he's jumping into a lake from a mountain carrying two battle axes, and it's a very. I I'm gonna say it could be a dude's rock moment, but I probably am gonna find out that this is a very problematic re reaction to this video. So. Um, yeah, I'll pass it on to both of you. Please tell me what's going on here. Um, I, <laughs> would, I would like I would like you to uh, like you to remember that uh, there is I'll, a I'll blanket a pound, ban a pound on the expression "dudes rock" on this show. Uh, so if you could put a pound in the jar, uh, that would be great. The first thing I want to know, um, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if you if you are able to tell me this, but. What I am really keen to know is, are these kind of battle axe things that he has, are they like proper, his, like, his, like historically accurate items, or are they game of virgin? Yeah, yeah. Reproduction yeah, things. To, to me, they look pretty gamer reproduction version uh, because <laughs> they're too pointy. 
Uh, do you know what I mean? Like they, they, they're a little mm-hmm. too fancy. Like you're not going to have yeah. um, weird little points like that um, on a regular ass battle axe mm. because it would they would get in the way to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they, so it, it seems kind of like what a 16 year old boy would draw that he thinks a Viking has. And it's like mm-hmm. the vibe I get off the post generally is that we're supposed to read um, Mr. Man who jumps off the mm. cliff as some kind of like a Viking dude. Like that's, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the more problematic <laughs> areas of medievalisms is uh, is like the, the way that people think about Vikings. Right. So here here we've got he's and he's got like this big bushy beard and he is also bald. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so like, uh, you know, he shows up and like, he does like, he does like some like idiotic yell and then jumps off the cliff into this puddle of water, like holding these battle axes. And so the battle axes don't seem real. And also I'm like, I would like to ask mm-hmm. what this is in aid of, you know, like what battle thing <laughs> is it? like, you know, if, if what you're trying to get me to understand is like, oh, here's some like fierce warrior guy. I'm like, what, why would you do this? Right. Like mm-hmm. there, this doesn't there's no kind of martial advantage, surely, to th- this particular <laughs> state of affairs. Like, why would you want to, like, jump off a cliff into a bunch of ice water and, uh, for example, mm. like uh, put your axes at risk? Right. Like, mm. So, you know, you might fall in there and drop one of them. A, B, mm-hmm. pretty good chance of like maybe cutting your own arm off with with this one uh that that's on that's up there um and also just mm-hmm. like dulling the blades and stuff because you're getting them completely wet so it's like there's no there's no purpose for this mm. other than like doing a weird flex so mm. it just it's just incredibly stupid but i think um you know the video is one thing right because so like dudes have been being stupid since time immemorial and that's fine and if you want to have like your little cosplay moment that's fine i think the funniest thing about this pope for me is that uh the science is settled because mm. i'm like what about this yeah. is scientific that like that's <laughs> what i like i you know question <laughs> like what what about this is scientific at all because you know it, it's also weird to pick on like a kind of vague a fake viking thing for this because uh viking Mm. culture actually has a bit more gender parity in terms of what's going on for medieval people more generally where like women can hold a lot more power if women really feel like it um they can be involved in martial things they Mm -hmm. they aren't always because it kind of sucks and why would you want to do that um but you know like uh, and and then the other thing is that half Mm. of viking (laughs) culture is actually just farming you know, half the, half, yeah. half the year they're just farming or whatever. And you never see that. Like, it's never like a guy like plowing and someone saying, oh, the science is settled. You know, like, <laughs> look at these perfect furrows or something. Right. Like, it, it's, it's always like yeah. some weird kind of quasi fake, you know, military thing. And, you know, it could mm. just as well be a woman Viking doing this as like. Yeah, a man. this is this is this is what this is what I'm what I was wondering. What? specifically is it about this that they think um a similarly large and strong woman wouldn't be able to do like what mm. how do they how do they think that this image contains a quality that proves that a woman couldn't do this mm. like not in a kind of a like yeah, girls can do anything yeah. boys can do <laughs> more in a kind of a like literally like what like is he is he using his dick as a counterweight in some way? Is that like obviously that's not like you know that would, that's obviously that's not like that's not the kind of the, the sole arbiter of whether or not this is a this is a dude? But like what 
precisely is it about this fool hurling himself off a cliff and probably like probably breaking his ankle like vikings might have been like might have been tougher Mm. but like they were still made of made of meat and bone like yeah like we are they weren't made of a different substance as, as so far as i know and it's just kind of stupid right because that's the thing it's like it's 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 stupid it's like <laughs> that's what it is it's, like, it's just really, it's just really stupid like is you to say you're some mr warrior guy and you have to and you need to mm. be out there fighting or whatever mm. why would you jeopardize that with stupid stunts like this you know yeah, like, like this is how this is how I'm involving myself in like protecting my clan. <laughs> it's by breaking both of my ankles. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make myself like an active burden on the rest of my clan. Like brilliant stuff, you know. Like you never reach Just, Valhalla if you die by falling off a cliff for some you, fucking stupid like, reason, you know. Like if you die off like from like an infected wound, mm-mm. like. That's how you. That's how you get septicemia. Absolutely. I'd, I'd quite like. I'd quite like to set this guy up um, in a kind of <laughs> battle to the death with the cast iron pan people. Mm. <laughs> because there, they're just being like, "What the fuck? Why are you getting those things wet?" Yeah, like it's okay. So you're supposed to be seasoning them. Like with this man too. Okay, so I saw like some other you know weirdo react to this and being like, "I don't know who this guy is, but I know a bunch of women just got pregnant watching this video," and I'm like. What? You know, I've got like several questions about that too. It's like, and then seeing this video and reacting to that, like in some way where it's like, oh yes, I find this to be sexual. And this man is the sort of person that I would, you know, see fit to procreate (laughs) with. Where it's like, well, then your baby Mm. ain't going to have a daddy, right? Because this Mm. guy goes around jumping off cliffs with axes. Like, it doesn't seem like a sure bet to me. That's all I'm saying. I know this is not, this is, this is hardly like, this is hardly like a new thing, but what I find very interesting about, um, the kind of the contempt, the con- contemporary masculinity influencer, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again: everything that they think is an example of masculinity, it's always, to me, very girly. Mm, mm. I think making a kind of making a big production about how you're going to be doing a big leap, and you've got your pretty, and you've got your pretty axes with like you know with the carving and the blade, um, it's just it's it's all very camp yeah yeah and he's like and I'm, gonna wear, I'm gonna wear my little underwear i got my underwear yeah. it's like it's very i got my underwear yeah. i got my big bushy bit it's very yeah it's very it's it's very interested in um in kind of in in grooming and mm, in performance yeah. as well which i which i just to me is very is very is very is very girly and i'm not even saying girly is a bad thing i know they would think that was being a bad thing it's just it's interesting but another thing that i think is sort of not really thought about as much as i would like is how is how misdirected what they think mm, yeah, yeah, yeah heterosexual women find attractive mm. is um because they, because they kind of reel this stuff off like it's a kind of settled matter. Like again, like the science, the science is settled. settled. Uh, <laughs> the science is settled. Uh, women are attract. Women are attracted to uh, high status men. So that's why they're interested in. They're interested in your job. That's why they're interested in men who are men who are rich. And I, I can't speak for like all other women. I'm sure there are women who are who fixate on. Um, 
like financial or job mm. status. Mm. I'm sure. I'm sure there. Are. I'm sure they exist. Like, there's no. It's it's bizarre to pretend that they don't exist. I just. I can't imagine anything more off-putting than a man going on and on and on about his job. Like, I don't care. Mm. Why are you telling me about? Why are you telling me about your job? And like, particularly men who are just like, yeah, like I understand <laughs> about real estate. It's just like, are you trying to tell sell me a timeshare? This is what I think <laughs> you're doing. I think this is all. It. They all sound like multi-level marketing people, and it's mm. the same. And and they also <laughs> as well massively misdiagnose the anxieties of young men i think mm. as well like because one of the things they love saying is oh yeah so like um and and people who say oh obviously i don't like all this stuff but you've got to say that they've got a point what they're really obsessed with is um differentiation in achievement at schools between girls and boys they mm. love that yeah um despite the fact that i do, do mm. any of them remember being at school do yeah, you right. remember like <laughs> being like oh so these bitches are catching up with us in maths all right lads let's have a crisis of masculinity about that i don't think that's no i just don't think that's that's true and the other thing that they're obsessed with is oh yeah like um young men don't have purpose and they don't have direction that's true and that i think that is a very emotionally spiritually and communally corrosive thing to happen mm. uh but i don't really yeah. see any any evidence that that's affecting young men more than it's affecting young women um yeah i think it's just affecting people yeah really at this at, at, at this point but this kind of oh yeah they're not breadwinners anymore they're not expected to be breadwinners and i just have you ever spoken to it's not even a case of have you ever spoken to a woman have you ever spoken to a man what what men are saying like oh you know mm. i really hate that my partner earns more than me because yeah um yeah because i used to because my have this kind of primal atavistic urge to kind of provide to kind of to show up uh, to show up at the cave uh with my <laughs> beautifully engraved axes and um and look after my perpetually pregnant wife every man i know and like presumably the argument is oh yeah but they're all like cocked bases and like that may well be true but like that's mm. not that's not really the point Every man I know, if they meet a woman who earns more than them, is like, great. This is great. Because then I can still live a nice life and I can chill. Like, I don't really... Anyway, but that, I mean, that, that, that's something of a tangent. It's just something, that I, it's just something that I find interesting. I just, I just don't, I just don't find it that illuminating to see this, to see this Viking... <laughs> this kind of viking like man and say like oh okay oh no you know what that like, you know what that's that that this this is fair i sort of i sort of see what you mean i genuinely don't know what it is they're getting at i don't know what this viking man is mm. is even try is even trying to achieve it looks to me like he's showing off like a little fancy boy yeah that's what it, that's what it looks that's what it looks like yeah. to me <laughs> Yeah, and I, just that he's saying, "Mummy, mummy, look at me!" Like <laughs> look I saw at me go. Um, a post by a short king, 
today on Twitter as well, where there's mm-hmm. like some guy and he's like, I'm five eight, but you know what? Yes. That doesn't mean that I'm gonna I'm not going to not be healthy, not like whatever not yes. not be filthy, like something about like being filthy. And then he was like, and also I'm definitely not gonna be insecure. And it's like, yeah. sir. Yeah, he well, he was like, Yeah, I'm not dressed in sloppy. And I was like, he's wearing a pair of jeans and like a normal t shirt. And a pair of boots. It's just like, and his beard was raggedy. Yeah. Well. Well. Here's because I, I I was I was trying to say this before the Zencaster sort of cut out. Uh. But it was like, and I think this is kind of what ties together. Um. These like I think everything Phoebe and uh, Eleanor have been saying about sort of like the kind of crisis masculinity and sort of where it is definitely exploited by guys like these, and especially with the five foot eight guy. Number one, mm. first of all, I want to really make this clear, right? Five foot eight is a normal height. You cannot yeah, call that's yourself an average height. You can't call yourself a short king at five foot eight, right? I'm like between five six to seven. Even I sometimes I'm a little bit. Uh, do I really have a right to sort of like say that I am? Um, Stolen short king valor. Yeah, I feel like, but I feel like once you're sort of past the five foot seven mark, like you really can't say anything, you know? Um, Mm, Like mm. you might desire to be six foot plus, but like, you know, people desire lots of things. It doesn't make you something else. That's my first quandary. This is my, my first qualm with that post. I think the second is completely right in the sense that like, these guys sort of definitely identify that there is like insecurity among kind of a lot of men uh that is sort of expressed online and they sort of project certain kind like they they kind of use certain aesthetics as a way of basically exploiting that so in the case of the viking guy um it is very i mean and number one i don't even know if the viking guy like even is signed up to the whole like alpha masculine thing right someone else posted that video and then made it a kind of like yeah this is why women are different to men because men jump off cliffs into lakes and women don't um (laughs) You know, so I have no idea. Maybe this guy just did it because he thought it was fun and has somehow now been wrapped up into like some bullshit. Um, but with the five foot eight guy, like if you look on if you looked at his account, like he does he's one of these kind of coaches, these like masculine like masculinity coaches. Um mm. so he's definitely sort of exploiting that insecurity that he's like identified, and much of his coaching is very much about like Again, the projection of and you like you you kind of cover this. Uh, you covered this on like podcasts a lot, Eleanor, including when you were on TF recently, but also in parts of your book as well. Like projecting this sort of idea of masculinity that doesn't really exist and has never really existed, but something that mm. has like kind of an aesthetic built around it. And so they're sort of reselling that you know, that kind of aesthetic of like the individual, like oh yeah, the the kind of like individualistic man who can be the breadwinner and sort of can be the kind of uh alpha husband and you know just like all the stuff around that and like a lot of the things that he was he's this guy is kind of promoting is very much built on the idea that like you know it's important for men to be self-sufficient and it's important for men to like you know your wife if your wife works then like you're a pussy and if your wife earns money then you're a pussy and like you know it's, it's a failure on your part and then it all ends with like and this is why you should join my online marketing course because then you can work from home and be like you know the trad father and your wife doesn't have to work um but it's also just like well i don't think vikings would have really been into like online or even just like your fucking cowboys like i don't think they would have really been into online marketing so (laughs) i'm not quite sure like that where that sort of become the new frontier well and it's quite interesting right you know um so on the one hand to say that oh, like the, it's science that men are this way and it's science that men, you know, jump off cliffs holding axes and, and things of this nature. Mm. But at the same time, you require courses 
in masculinity, right? Mm. Like you you require a, a masculinity tutor, which is kind of giving the game away, right? Well, so it's not scientific; it's a cultural, yeah, exactly, aesthetic. And if it and it has to be a cultural aesthetic, um, if if you can teach it, right? Like if it, mm-hmm. if it was science, then one simply would, you know, like that's kind of the thing. And and it's also quite funny this idea of like this traditional masculinity which excludes women from the workforce so it's like you know to get into book plugging you know i've got a chapter on this and and the idea that like women don't exist in the workforce and that traditionally men do everything for a woman who simply stays indoors and uh, looks after the children is an incredibly new one and it's not traditional Mm. by any stretch of the imagination and it's actually a byproduct of the enlightenment um and so Mm. it, it and it particularly related to bourgeois women so middle class women where you know like Rousseau and everyone was wild and out and they were like oh yeah so naturally right science because they, they've they've come up with science now and they say naturally men and women are different and naturally men are more predisposed to being um in the outside of the confines of the home Mm. Whereas women are not and therefore women shouldn't be in the workforce and women are just mommies. Right. But for the great majority of human history and certainly throughout the medieval period, women are workers and women do Mm. all the same jobs that men do, uh, plus a bunch of other ones that men don't do because men don't participate in child rearing really so women are doing all the same things that guys are doing and then also, you know, like giving birth and taking care of the kids and stuff like that. So, you know. If 80% of the European population are peasants, you know, the women are doing everything that men do. You know, they're plowing, Mm. they're doing all sorts of things. Like, sure, sometimes the gender shakedown is such that, like, maybe the guy will be plowing and then the woman is the one who's kind of, like, seeding afterwards. But that's not always the case. And women do pick up the slack there a lot. You know, and it doesn't matter what industry you come up with. Well, industry is the wrong word, but business you come up with. Um, you know, women are doing the same thing that men are. Like women are blacksmiths. Uh, women are professional soldiers at times. We've got women who are, uh, you know, town guards and, you know, queens do all kind of the same stuff that kings do. Um if you are a guild member, your wife does all the same things that you do and she keeps the books, mm-hmm. right? So this idea that women don't work and that it's not feminine uh, to work, it's like, no, baby, like that is so modern. <laughs> That's such a modern thing. And it only really kind of uh, has been around as an idea for like 150, maybe 200 years. And it, it hasn't mm-hmm. really worked out. You know, because women were also working the entire time anyway. Like, working class women were working mm. the whole time. Like, that's the, the hints in the name, right? Mm. So it's like, you can't look at, you know, the cotton mills in Manchester and tell me that women weren't working. Or, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but look over in America and who's picking the fucking cotton, right? Mm. So it's like, oh, like enslaved mm. women are certainly working, right? So there's always been women working at every rung of society in every single way. And to say that there's like some scientific reason why women are not in the workforce is just completely incorrect. It's a cultural thing. And if it wasn't a cultural thing, you wouldn't be trying to sell a, a freaking masculinity class about it right now, you know? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Is part of the masculinity class teaching you how to jump off a cliff? <laughs> no, so. no, usually it's not. I would, they, I would love, love. I that. think some of them they do like camping trips, which like I think is very funny. And again, like this very, you know, this kind of like a way to pay to have friends. But I think a lot of it really is just like, from what I understand, most of it is various online marketing, like and multi-level marketing schemes. 
Mm, I'm really obsessed with multi-level marketing schemes. I love them. Um, mm. <laughs> I like to see them in the wild, and I like to, to watch people uh, try to force them on others. It's very interesting to me. You don't understand. So. It's not a yeah, scheme. I it's a tribe. That's what they yeah. also say. They also love to say that they're in tribes. Uh, uh, it's a community, you know, <laughs> an uplifting community. Um, and like, this is definitely not an elaborate ritual, which allows me to touch another man on a camping trip. I, I want to make that clear. I want to make it abundantly clear, right? <laughs> Just to make that very, very, very clear. <laughs> mm-hmm. are, are, are either of you are either of you familiar with um with the Iron John stuff? No, from the kind of nineteen seventies and um nineteen seventy. I suppose yeah, I suppose it was nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties. It was. It started as um. It started as an attempt for men in like certain political spaces to engage with their masculinity um as like a kind of not as like a response not like not as an antagonistic response to to feminism but as a kind of along the side kind of okay well they're doing this so like why don't we why don't we do this um Mm -hmm. and part of the kind of the, the the iron john lifestyle was going on these um going on like these camping trips and um like hollering and just like (laughs) hollering with the other with the other men and then just like really really quickly it it just degenerated into a kind of a specifically antagonistic to um Mm, mm. antagonistic to feminism and it's and it kind of and it kind of fell out of favor and i just think that's and i just think that's interesting as well because whatever um, masculinity, multi-level marketing people insist on. A lot of men don't seem to be very keen on taking it up. Mm-hmm. You see, it seems to be it seems to be they're very targeted towards men who already have other um, kind of significant issues going, like sort of going on, whether they are sort of medical or or social, like it. It doesn't seem to be something that that is actually because men are being um castrated symbolically by um by women that they know getting good GCSE results <laughs> which is it's just so it people are so obsessed with this with this and if you if you if you genuinely accept that like all things being equal there is no particular difference in cognitive ability and ta- attainment ability amongst boys and girls then in some years the girls will outperform in some years the boys will outperform but Mm. obviously it's a little bit more complicated than that because it is complicated um as is everything by um by race by background by background by um by class and by other uh, inequalities of outcome of of opportunity outcome of opportunity this is just not this is not it's a weird thing to be obsessed with and it just makes it sound like you think your child is not doing as well at school as they should be doing that's just Mm -hmm. what it sounds like to me um yeah i think that you kind of hit the nail on the head here too because so what are you saying that if you know we we get this hand wringing about the fact that uh girls are outperforming boys and i don't think that we would be seeing that if boys were outperforming girls Right. You know, so there, yeah. there's this hint within this where it's like, oh, it's a real problem that girls are always performing higher than boys are every year. What well, would we see people worrying about this if it was the other way around? And I doubt it very much because that's treated as, you know, the theoretical status quo. 
right? Well, yeah, I th- yeah, I think that's I I think I think I think that's right. But what I think is what I think is so is so strained is that every time there's been a, there's been an attempt for a movement for men to engage with their masculinity and also to do it in a way which is very deliberately separate from what is considered to be feminized ways of um of of engaging with your identity and engaging with your engaging with your feelings so it's very kind of like oh men should be uh out in the woods chopping wood together and hollering and um and then kind of singing songs around the campfire which i don't i don't object to as a i don't think that i think that i think that's i think that's i think that's that's fine but it's very strange that there is so little interest unless you tell them that there's a problem first so you gotta so it's a kind of um it's kind it's kind of like injectables for men (laughs) so like so like women young women and please don't at me to say actually injectables are really good and it's a really good thing that and it's a really good thing that 20 year old women are getting preventative botox no it's not shut up it's not good it's not a good thing that's not a good thing um but it's a kind of like it's kind of like the same sort of thing so you've got to you've got to terrorize them into thinking there's some real problem either with themselves or with their place in society and then you sell them a solution but in the main uptake doesn't seem to be very very large um so that's Mm. anyway um we've talked we've talked about the guy jumping off the cliff and masculinity for a little bit too long and because i really really want to get going with our with our poster mm. from history, uh, this, is who, uh, yes. this is who Eleanor. Yeah, this is who Eleanor um, suggested as uh, as a medieval poster. Um, is a fella named Peter Abelard. And honestly, I was kind of just going to wind you up and let you talk. Is that cool <laughs> if we just do it like yeah. that? I'm obsessed with this guy. Um, so and Great. and tell um, us, tell us about Peter. Well, yeah. So the thing about him is he's such a poster that before you two came and said, "Oh, you know, we want to talk about a historical poster," I've been describing this man as a poster, right? Like that's <laughs> that's how that's how hard he goes. Um, so he's 12th century guy. Uh, 12th century being the home of uh the the 12th century Renaissance, right? Which is like a big thing. So we we invented universities in Europe. Hooray! Congratulations, right? Uh, so we just came up with this idea. Um, universities look really different to modern universities, though, and they're mostly just a bunch of dudes hanging out uh and like reading latin right that's what they do um and Mm -hmm. peter abelard is like this mega theological superstar and i guess the way that you got to think about it in the medieval period is um theologians are kind of akin to you know like how people like will crank their hogs about like stephen hawking or you know whoever like you know like astrophysicists are the ones now i mean theologians were that at the time Right. Because everybody everybody's Christian and everybody likes it pretty much. Um, So and even if you're not Christian, even if you are uh, Jewish or you are Muslim, people are still like doing theologian things and they're all getting in fights. Right. So um, here's Mm -hmm. here's your boy, Peter Abelard. And so he's a member of the church, which everyone has to be if you're going to be at a university. So basically, in order to get around um, students getting in trouble. Um, you have to join the church when you go to university um, and you become like a, a little cleric guy. Um, and that's because, you know, uh, university students behave badly. 
uh, just like they do now, you know. And so like when you would do something like run out on the bill from a tavern, you won't then get in trouble with the law. You get in trouble with the church and the church says that's very naughty boys. Knock that off. Right. So mm-hmm. Peter Abelard's this guy. And the Peter Abelard's whole thing, like in addition to being a philosopher and being like a shit hot theologian and this like really big draw to the University of Paris, um, is that he is convinced that he's the best guy. And what he will do is he will go to where other people, <laughs> I can't even stop laughing. He'll go to where other people are teaching from the University of Paris, bring all his students. He's like, come on, guys, watch this. He'll bust in and be like, hey, fuck you. You (laughs) suck. Your philosophy sucks. Like you are, you're like a sad little man. Oh yeah, you think you're so good? Well, how about this? And like his his little uh, students big him up and they're like, yeah, get him, Peter. Woo woo. And it's like, (laughs) and this this is like his thing. Uh, Right? And everyone is like, oh man, so cutting edge. Like, wow, look at this guy. Except for everyone who fucking hates him right mm-hmm. um so anyway meanwhile like in the first place he's he's going all over the place like basically starting flame wars just like just you know but he's the equivalent of a guy who comes into your thread and changes the subject completely and says yeah well what mm-hmm. about this right um then meanwhile he decides that uh, like even though he's he's a church member which you have to be he's like um, i've decided that um, i need to get some action Right. Mm. So what he does mm-hmm. is he finds out that there's this woman, uh, Eloise of Montreal, who is by all. And, and I mean, I say woman, she's a teenager of some description. You know, there's we've got a pop- problematic age gap relationship. Mm. God, he really on. is a poster. Yeah, he's a real poster and uh, <laughs> a real poster. And everyone like she's a genius. Right. So she's super, super smart. And uh, but also really gorgeous. And her uncle, who she lives with in Paris, is looking for a tutor for her because, you know, that's what you do uh, with smart, beautiful young ladies is you get them tutored up and then it it improves their prospects as wives. Because, again, women work and you're going to want to work with the smart lady. Right. So anyway, mm-hmm. Peter Abelard goes, hey, I'd love to I'd lo- I'll tutor her uh, <laughs> uh, and like gets employed <laughs> in the household and then like immediately starts fucking her like immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. they're like having tons of sex. How do we know about this? Well, Peter Abelard wrote an autobiography uh, called like the Historia Calamitatum or like the history of my calamities. <laughs> like, oh, my like, yeah. As, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I like that so much. It's so good. Like, it's so good because he's all like, and no one, no one ever suffered before like me. And and he's telling you, yeah, I fucking told that guy he sucks. And and, and like, you know, and for this, I was cruelly persecuted <laughs> or whatever, of, right? A list of my haters. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> like, so he so he's employed and he starts fucking Eloise. And they're like, they're going to some lengths to kind of try to cover it up or whatever. Uh, but he eventually knocks her up. Okay, and they don't know what to do now because it's like, okay, well, the obvious thing is that you you would get married then. But if he gets married, it means that he has to leave the church and it would mean that he would have to leave his role at the university. And Eloise is like, I don't want you to do that. Uh, because, like, unfortunately, Eloise is just, like, totally captured and, like, she's she's into it or whatever. Um, and so what they end up doing is kind of getting married in secret. And she fucks off to go have the baby somewhere. And Abelard just keeps posting. Like, he's still <laughs> he's still there in Paris and he's posting. Um, and it, which is a really interesting kind of thing because they're like, OK, we've, we've passed through the theological loophole, but we're going to keep it a secret so I can still, like, be a theologian. Anyway, her uncle finds out that she's knocked off. And he is pissed, isn't aware of the marriage. And so he 
cuts Abelard's junk off. Which oh yeah Whoa. yeah like patow right uh it, which incredible stuff right just like goes in there and castrates the guy now I don't oh, know oh, fuck I don't know exactly how the castration went down like I'm not sure like what all was cut off but enough right to make sure that Abelard mm. were weren't gonna be have, able to have sex again according to Abelard to upset him <laughs> yeah. And, I'd say. <laughs> and enough to upset him. And according to him uh, in his autobiography, um, all the citizens of Paris who then showed up outside his window and were like rending their garments and be like, no, Abelard's dick. Oh, oh <laughs> like, I'm so upset about this. Um, and so anyway, he's like completely humiliated. Um, and they're like, OK, well, you can't hang out at, at like the university anymore. And then enter saint bernard or i guess, i guess you guys say bernard but i can't right i just have to say bernard so saint bernard of clairvaux mm-hmm. who's uh, he's like a hater he's just like a, he's just a hater like he's the one who starts the albigensian crusade and stuff and um he's a mm-hmm. real he's just he's a real he's a real fucking nerd okay like he's he's like very um i think he'll find and he hates abelard right and his star mm-hmm. is really on the rise within the church because like he's doing all kinds of things like inquisitions and he decides to accuse abelard of heresy um, in order to kind of like take some of the winds out of his sails. And he basically says that Abelard's teaching on uh, the Trinity is heretical for like some little reason. And Abelard is like, the fuck it is. Debate me, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the church is like, <laughs> and then the church is like, we're not going to have a debate. <laughs> like We're not, we're not, I'm, we're not going to let you. With a, because with the church, we don't yeah. have to do that. We don't have to do that. Like the entire point is that. We, what we, we say we, goes. We everything. We 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 organize. We organize the whole of society and culture. We are like the we are like the mega landlord. <laughs> and like if we say it's heretical, it's heretical. And we we're backing Saint Bernard over here. So like get fucked, right? And Abelard's pissed because he's like, I know that you're not letting me debate this because I I know that you know that I'll win. Mm. And they're like, yeah. And we, and we don't like you. <laughs> so, uh, it's like a guy who's so like he's, mad that he's been muted or like mad yeah, that he's been soft he's like 100% put on mute. Um, and then so then like a bunch of his books get burnt um, as is traditional. And my man like ends up joining a monastery because it's like he's got no dick. He's like he's he's got mm. no girl. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like because <laughs> like his girl's now in Sorry. a nunnery. Um, and like he, he's, he can't, his book's been burnt. Right. So he, he joins a monastery according to him. Like people try to poison him in the monastery because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's how much people hate him. Uh, and he ends up like, you know, meanwhile, Eloise, because she's really smart, like climbs the ranks in her nunnery and she becomes like head abbess. And eventually they end up starting like a school slash monastery thing together called the Paraclete. Um, and they kind of like live together. But in the meantime, they write each other all these letters back and forth. And Abelard's man, like, man, I really miss my dick and everyone hates me and all this stuff. And Eloise is weird because she's like this super thirsty little S. And she's like writing to him being like, don't you dare put your name before mine in letters. You're always going to be my master. Uh, and all this stuff. And it's like incredibly horny. Um, oh my do, God. Do you know being John Malkovich <laughs> when he's doing that puppet show at the very beginning and there's like the monk and the mm. nun and they're like humping the walls? That's Abelard and Eloise. <laughs> okay. And like, so th- like there's these horns, like 
Eloise is being incredibly horny at Abelard, and he's being like, I don't know how to explain to you that I don't have a dick anymore. Right. Mm. Like, and, and so there's this really interesting thing back and forth. But eventually, like, he starts up another school and, you know, he does manage to kind of like make it through his days with that going. But it's incredibly funny because we know just absolutely tons about this guy because mm. he's so self-obsessed. Yeah. Right. And we know like a ton about his sex life because he writes about it. We know all we just know so much about him. And he's just such a poster's poster. Yeah. Like, mm. you know, really believes in, you know, the the marketplace of ideas um, and also like is failed by it. Right. Like failed by the people mm. who would shut that down. And he's such an asshole and i'm obsessed with him yeah really love this guy I, like yeah uh. he's he is a po well, he's a poster and like well lots of lots of things that you've identified i mean also just like keeping a record of all of it i think is like very much a poster's tendency writing about mm -hmm. your dick being cut off is very poster's energy <laughs> um mm -hmm. and making about your whole identity like you know my dick got cut off and like yeah that's a very poster's energy <laughs> thing to do um <laughs> Wow. I like I think I love how he's like and everyone else is upset that my dick got cut yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm like, homie, I just feel like you know that's what, not true. You know what? I think it, I think like the real post energy sort of really comes again with the idea of like it seems like so much of his life has really been about trying to show the haters and just like being mm -hmm. obsessed and fixated on your haters. And so even like if the worst possible thing, even if your life has been ruined, right? Um like you're still sort of so fixated by your haters until the end and then like you just can't you can't stop thinking about them so you keep telling like your very horny and beautiful girlfriend that like you know <laughs> you're like every conversation you have is actually about your haters it's like yeah this is this is extreme like posters disease i love it i mean and it really is mm. you know because she'll be all like hey say something horny to me and he's like Fuck Bernard of Clairvaux, <laughs> you know, like that's, like, like that's exactly what's going on, and it, it's so, like, it's just really intense. Um, yeah, for real. And it, and I also like it because I think it's important to show how medieval me people are messy too. Mm. Like, mm. you know, they're they're like messy little drama queens in the medieval period, as well. It's not it, this isn't a new thing, right? And. Um, mm. We th there are people who just live for the drama, who live for the debate, who really need to center themselves all the time. And uh, it's a bit like it it's a bit interesting because like Eloise is this incredibly accomplished woman and she's like clearly a genius. And like she writes her own kind of theological works and all this stuff. But she kind of gets overlooked a lot of the time because she isn't as messy as <laughs> Abelard. And so it's kind of like she's sort of like quietly plugging along in the background, just like being you know, remarkable or whatever. Oh, and then, okay, the other thing I forgot. Um, you know, their kid, they had a kid. You know what they named him? Uh, Astrolabe. No. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Which is, you know, like, they, they're out here, like, doing that thing of, like, naming your kid River or whatever, <laughs> you know? But, like, for, <laughs> for astronomical calculating tools. It's incredible. Mm. Like, it's just, like, it's such poster's energy. Like, Astrolabe? 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 Like, if I could call in your kid Compass yeah, out here. <laughs> like... Yeah, it's just... That is a yep. silly, that is mm. a silly wow. name. No, this complete poster's got... That's a, that's a, these are, these are posters poster. I love it. 
I think I mentioned, like I can't remember it was well. on mic or off mic, that um, when I was sort of like uh, trying to figure out, like trying to learn more about this guy, it was very funny, but when you go onto YouTube, the first like two videos are from like Dinesh D'Souza. Um, where and like none of his stuff is mentioned. He's just like, yeah, he was kind of. But the thing that was mentioned was just like again, it was all about the haters because he was just like, well, he said he mm -hmm. said he said that like this guy can um this guy can you, you can learn a lot from this guy because he was also persecuted by people who hated his ideas and it was just very much just like that that's 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 one way of putting it for sure. Yeah, that's, well, I mean it. It's interesting because I actually kind of side with Abelard on the heresy thing where I don't think that particularly there, there was anything necessarily wrong with his teachings about, you know, the Trinity or at least what survives to us. Mm. Like to me, it doesn't it, it seems like pretty procedural, but it kind of doesn't matter because the reason that he is pursued by the haters is that he's personally objectionable. Mm. Right. It's like he goes in like and says, hey, fuck you, everybody. I hate you and you're an idiot. And then is like surprised. Yeah. When when <laughs> when people react to that. And so it's funny because he's super focused on the haters and he's like, I've got to yeah, prove yeah. the haters wrong. And it's like, you are the hater, bro. <laughs> like you are the one. Like everybody was just trying yeah. to teach. Like there was a there was a way of going through this without making every single thing about this antipathy. And you yeah. you were the one who did this. And right? Yeah. And again, this is very much it goes back to sort of like the sort of real skeletons of posting, which is very much uh yeah, again, your fixation on your haters, but also just like nothing is your fault. And if something bad happens to you, it is because there have been always there have always been people out to get you, whether those are sort mm -hmm. of nefarious forces or like Saint Bernard, who is just sort of like the favorite who everyone who is the who is the current thing. And that's it. It's also just like the way in which he sort of sees people as NPCs and everything. Very mm -hmm. kind of like contemporary sort of posting or like very contemporary posters brain, which is really, which is, which is like very funny. Yeah. I, no, I, I, sorry, what I was just saying before is just like, I love the idea of just being like, mm, yeah, no, 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 I, yeah, no, no, I do love you, but I don't love you as much as I hate St. Bernard. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I, oh, what the fuck was that? Sorry. I, 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 was don't, know, I don't know. But it's not on the wall anymore. So. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah. Okay. So we're we're back. We're we're back. We're talking about Peter Abelard. Mm -hmm. Eleanor has a ghost. Fine. We're good. We're we're yeah, doing. I mean, we're doing, like a clearly, we're, doing yeah. we're doing well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah that's it, that's very, that's a that's a very there's a very poster's energy. So what I so I I have some I have some questions. Mm -hmm. They are I'm telling you this for a kickoff. They are. They are dumb bitch questions. I love it. I know nothing about the medieval period, so I'm just I'm just just like some kind of, I suppose like like clarification of kind of the mechanics. Mm -hmm. First of all, um, I know this is a very big question, but what is the kind of historical and social context here? Like, used to even just like a little bit of, um, little bit of background. Um, but is this a point where there is a lot of tension between? Um, between like the kings and the church or is that like a little bit later or yeah you definitely have it so what is based what is happening basically at this time is uh, by the 12th century finally the church has done it right the church has become this big overarching legal system in a way that it hadn't been previously so it basically spends the entire early medieval period so kind of like you know uh 475 up until you know, the the 11th century or so uh, being like, guys, we're we're important. Hi, we're we make the rules. It's 
we're, we're the guys. We're the ones who make the rules, right? And kings are like, yeah, sure you do, buddy. Uh, my brother's <laughs> the archbishop, you know, and, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So by the time you hit the 12th century, finally, the church has kind of wrested control away from kings and queens in this way. So you have this whole thing called the investiture controversy where the church is like, I'm sorry, you don't get to pick who the bishop is. We pick who the bishop is. You know, you have all these guys who are kind of like lawyers, which is why the universities exist in the first place. So the universities mm-hmm. are invented in order to train people up to work at the really high levels of the church. So, sure, you could just sure. be a university guy, which is what Abelard is doing. But the other option is to be a St. Bernard guy who is kind of like, yeah, well, I'm a lawyer for the church. Right. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do with that power is I want to hunt people down and like get them in trouble. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the person who gets to make decisions about that right so it's kind of like uh inside the church there are two wolves you know Mm -hmm. kind of deal Uh, so you're in this context where you have this big explosion of stuff uh from the church uh but you also as a result kind of like have to define what the boundaries of those things are going to be and hilariously Mm -hmm. like abelard thinks that because he is popular you know and because he's this kind of like academic superstar he's going to be the one that comes out on top but obviously the Mm -hmm. thing that comes out on top is actually the guy who is in control because he's talking to power directly right like he is the Mm -hmm. one who is doing the bidding of you know the most important guys up at the top and and of course he's going to come out but like abelard is as a result just like incredibly naive you know Mm. and he kind of like thinks that um that like he can just kind of do this all through star power but obviously he cannot as 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 he found out as he found out Mm -hmm. um in a in a particularly unpleasant painful way isn't it isn't it um surprising that it didn't Again, I this is a stupid this is a stupid question, but I'd have I'd have thought that that kind of procedure in this in this period of time is probably you know, it got a pretty high risk of of dying. No, yeah, yeah, it's um that is not an easy thing to do, right? Like taking somebody's dick off, um, and obviously they know how to like stitch things up and they know about keeping things clean, and you would do that, mm. but you know. Gangrene's not out of the question, um, you know, and uh, fundamentally, if you get an infection on that, then you then you're good to go. But it's also quite interesting, right, because this is you're within like your kind of legal right to do this. And this mm. is kind of like a little bit of a story about um, a world where, um, you know, transgression is often private. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is a private transgression. Um, he's, you know, defiled. Um, a, a very eligible young lady, right? Like some, like a member of the noble class. You know, this person who who is supposed to like big things are expected of her, and big things are big oh. marriages, right? Um, and not only has like her uncle been deprived of that, but her uncle's also essentially been shamed, right? Because here women are meant to be understood as property, right? And uh, their, you know, virginity is a part of that. So it's like you get a higher price for, you know, like noble women basically need to be virgins when they're married. Sure. Right. Um, and so that's taken away. And in fact, like the entire marriage thing's taken away because she decided to marry this guy uh, without her family's involvement. And now that's a, also a big sticking point at this point in time, because the church says, well, actually, you know, individual couples get to make the decision. 
about whether or not they get married. And this is a this is a private matter for the people who are involved. And families hate this and have been like mm. really, really fighting it, saying like, no, there's absolutely no way that like two people can just show up and get married. You should have to like check in with the families that that's OK. And it's only very recently that like the church kind of got their way. So one of the things the uncle's kind of concerned about is like, you know, this humiliation in terms of he didn't get to make the call and he wouldn't have made this call. Right. Because this isn't a good match. Because, you know, this guy's a clergy member. And even if he were to leave the clergy for this, it's like, okay, well, what's he going to do? Right. Like he's a member of the lower nobility, uh, Peter Mm Abelard, which is how you get to be in the in the church, you know, and and highfalutin in the first place is you've got to come from a noble background anyway. But it's just not what you would see for a really beautiful, really intelligent young noblewoman. It's not the, the case that you would make. So we have so many things at play here. Right. And as a result of this humiliation, he's kind of allowed to take Abelard's dick off, like cuts Abelard's dick off. And everyone's like, did you hear about Abelard's dick? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, no one, there are no police who are coming to be like, you can't cut Abelard's dick you off. Can't, you can't just go around cutting people's dicks off. That's not allowed. Because yeah, it, like, it, it was allowed. It was allowed. It was allowed. Right. And it's like, well, you know, and if he, if someone said to him, why'd you cut Abelard's dick off? He'd be like, why'd he knock up my niece? And they'd be like, yeah, fair, fair. And it's like mm. just a real tit for tat kind of situation. And we see this really often kind of in the medieval period that like crime is kind of seen as, you know, it, it's all kind of property disputes. Mm-hmm. Right. And and it's the sort of thing that can be handled between individual parties, even if it is, you know, through meeting out violence occasionally. Um, and as a result of that, too, it, it's quite interesting, the things that you do see. So especially in the earlier medieval period, you'll see stuff like even if you like straight up murder someone like your punishment is you've got to make that right with the family. Mm. Like you need to like give them a bunch of money and then go on pilgrimage and like beg forgiveness and, and, and stuff like that. Right. So, you know, there's an understanding that violence can happen in this way. And, you know, Peter Abelard knew that. Like, he knew that before he decided to, like, fuck his yeah. student, right? <laughs> like, yeah, this is not... So this is presumably not not a case of... Wait, what? No, I didn't... No one told me that this could happen. It was very much that he was going He was going in yeah. with the with the full knowledge of the risk that someone might take his dick off. Yeah, and, you know, he, well, know. he just thought he was so but, smart he'd never get caught, right? Ah, uh, I see. And he's Fair like, play. well, yeah, well, you're not smart enough to pull out, buddy, so... <laughs> Like, well, I mean, there, that, 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 there certainly is certainly is an argument for that. Mm. The other thing that I, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, um, oh, just to just to the listeners, um, Hussein has had um a technical issue, so he might be back towards the end of the episode, or he might not be, but that's that's where he's gone. Uh, just just uh, just so you know, so it's girls' chat time now. Yeah, so it's it's girl it's girls' talk time. Um, that I have two. I have two questions. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is, what were the kind of specific areas of scholarship that uh, Abelard was interested in? Like, what was yeah, his whole? So, what was his whole deal? What did he like? Yeah, what was he into? <laughs> so the the, the what his topics. <laughs> the medieval period of when you go to university, right? Um, there are uh, there's two things that get studied. The first one is called the trivium, and that is grammar, logic, and rhetoric. Right. Um, And that's this is kind of like the bare bones for everybody. Like if you go to university, this is the thing that you're going to learn. And grammar means like learning your Latin real good because this Mm -hmm. all takes um, place in in that logic means philosophy. So it's like you're learning a lot of Plato. You're learning a lot of Aristotle. Um, In particular, you're learning a lot of Aristotle Um, and then Mm -hmm. rhetoric, which is arguing slash posting. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, disputation (laughs) is a really huge thing for them and kind of arguing things out 
in the classical manner is kind of like the deal. Um, and then if okay. you pass those things and you still want more, then you move on to the quadrivium. And the quadrivium is uh, arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy. Mm -hmm. um, and then so, when, and then if you master all seven of those subjects, then you become a PhD. So that's how you become a doctor. Um, okay. And fun fact, you know, if you ever see someone being like, PhDs aren't real doctors. Yes, they are, bitch. The term doctor was invented mm -hmm. for people who have PhDs. Um, and at this point in time, um, if you are what we call a doctor, it's a physician, right? That's a, that's, mm. yeah. So, um, like, and you can go. Well, I'm, gl I'm glad you've had a chance to, um, to nurse that particular grievance. May, like, <laughs> I see people posting about this, like, hilariously, it's a thing that, like, weirdo right-wingers in the States say about, uh, Jill Biden. They're like, she's not a real doctor. You're not, you're not a real doctor because you're not an MD. And it's like, MDs aren't real doctors, baby. That's why. So calm down. Uh, okay. <laughs> but uh, so Abelard, more particularly, he's kind of like a trivium guy. Like he doesn't really mm -hmm. get involved in kind of like the the maths and, uh, you know, music bit. He's just like really into the philosophy bit. And so, you know, when you when you become a doctor, then you're allowed to like go off on one. And start uh, doing your your own theological and philosophical stuff. So he's like a philosopher, and mm -hmm. um, which is what they all they all fucking are, right? It's like <laughs> it's absolutely nothing but like a philosophical theology. Uh, you know, occasionally you get some guys who will work on um, uh, what we call natural philosophy, which is kind of like the precursor to science, and it's really interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. Where they're like, oh, here's how you know birds work or whatever, and I'm I'm quite into to that, and I like learning about it. But Abelard's not one of those guys. Abelard is like straight up. Here's the nature of the Trinity, right? Like that's he does he does not care how birds work. Mm -mm, he does not at all. So he does not. Mm -mm. Is there is there any tension between um between the universe like the universities being a kind of an engine for like kind of church administrators and kind of senior church figures and how much of them how much of the stuff that they're studying uh being pre-christian is that is that like is that attention or is that kind of explained away they they um are head up about it um and it's really funny because they will write things all the time about uh about this because um their favorite guys in theory might be in hell right because they are yeah. they're pagan um and there are debates about this because some people say that you know when after uh Jesus gets killed you know like he while he's uh, before he rises again one of the things that happens is that he descends into hell and when uh, and what people say is that well he goes into hell and he like and he lets kind of like the righteous dead out so you okay. know um he is like rescues everybody who doesn't believe in god um because how would they know it was just kind of before he was around so there there are some people who are like oh yeah no he went in there and he got plato right okay he went got plato yeah. um we don't we don't know who else but like maybe like a couple of guys who i think yeah. sound like they have a good vibe so so it was a kind of like almost like kind of lutherian it was like okay well obviously like the jews aren't going to convert because they've only got this like corrupt um greedy institution to convert to but mm -hmm. actually now i've come up with something better yeah. you know, they they better they better convert so a kind of like, similar like now's the time yeah yeah exactly yeah, like a kind of similar similar kind of way of reasoning so like presumably there's no sense that people who uh who were in hell 
post Jesus are being saved. That's it. Like yeah, you had like your, you had your calf. Yes, there, there are so there are in, interestingly there are different ways of thinking about hell because it's like there's hell and there's purgatory and people uh, a mm-hmm. lot of time don't quite get this because we tend to think about purgatory now as just like oh it's limbo it's neither hell nor yeah. heaven but um for medieval period people um yeah purgatory like, like still fucking sucks yeah it's hell you just it's, served your you served your yeah. time mm-hmm, in purgatory mm-hmm. so the difference is like in you're in hell for all eternity. But yeah. in purgatory, like you get assigned a, a, a period of time and it might exactly. be hundreds of years and that's going to fucking suck. Yeah. And it's like because obviously yeah. it blows to be in hell at all whatsoever. But like the damned, the people who are definitely stuck there forever, they are one thing. Right. And then, you know, occasionally you also get people who, are, you know, for example, in uh, you know, when Dante writes about hell, um, you know, like mm. Plato and everybody are are still are in hell but they're kind of like on the outskirts of hell where it's just kind of like uh mm. you know like not ideal yeah like they're in the suburbs um like they're not they're not in like the city of dis or anything like that um which oh. is hilarious too because dante is another one of the i'm, I'm telling you you got to do dante as a as a poster because i'd you know, love like, I'd, I'd, I'd love to do dante yeah because he's like you know spending the whole time being like and then i hung out with plato and plato said i was cool and that you suck <laughs> and i saw everyone i don't <laughs> like in hell and it's like okay cool man uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> like, uh, so th- there is kind of this tension about it. it's like, well, what does this all mean? But um, they really believe um, in classical philosophy as important because the way that they think about knowledge is that um, you are always the further away you get from the Garden of Eden, the more knowledge is corrupting. Uh, because when mm. humans were in the divine presence, then knowledge was perfect. And the further away from God we get in terms of time, the worse knowledge is becoming. Therefore, you know, like Aristotle knows more than we do because he lives closer in time to the Garden of Eden than we do. Um, this is more posting philosophy as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is this is real. This is real posters energy. Maybe we should just do an entire just series about like why the church, why the medieval church is is the origin of the of the of the posting tendency you know yeah like i, I think ha- the, the medieval church is kind of like you know it's like its own platform right it's like is it mm. twitter or is it instagram i don't know but it, it's maybe facebook right yeah i think it's a message board mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah like really old school kind of like arts type of deal yeah yeah uh-huh. um yeah exactly yeah um okay i have one more question um and then i'm gonna let you and then i'm gonna let you go because you've mm-hmm. been extremely generous with your with your time and honestly like i could talk about this guy for hours so it's probably oh, yeah. good to just give a kind of artificial cutoff point and that is um and yeah the question the question i've got the question i've got is about the uh the actual kind of practicalities of um how he was read and what his intention was with mm. the um with the work that with the work that he was doing and the reason and the reason i'm asking this is because yeah we're talking about him as like a poster and one of the things that i want to kind of try and get at is um is like what what are people doing when they're when they're posting because some people are uh sharing their own opinions and their own work some people are um some people exist to uh to kind of be a kind of voice answering back to somebody who that they 
perceived, whether correctly or, or, or not, has has either um, institutional power over them or has kind of social power over them or you know, et cetera and so on and so forth. So first of all, and this is a kind of, this is kind of two-part question, um, did he write for publication and did he have readers? And if he did, how did they get hold of the stuff that he's writing? Yeah, so this is an interesting question. So he certainly did. Like he writes and intends it for it to circulate, right? Um, publication obviously happens in a really different way because everything is done by manuscript, so it has to be manually written down. So, you know, he writes his own kind of things. And then the thing is, he's got groupies, right? So he's got the, the, the little guys who are crying in the street or whatever, and he's got his students. And what students often end up doing if they like something is that they will, you know, copy, they'll make their own copy, right? And then if you really like something, you'll go, oh, hey, can I make a copy of that and do it that way? There's also mm -hmm. a system that develops, especially around universities, that's called the Pikia system, whereby you can kind of like rent like a little piece of something that you like and take it home and copy it so that you have your own copy and then like bring the other one back. So we actually see text circulating at a really high level um, in the medieval period, even though, you know, you don't have a, the printing press or whatever because of the mm. guys who are interested in it. And what um, he's taking advantage of, um, Abelard, is, is being in this university system where everybody knows how to read and write. Everyone is kind of like aware of the fact that they can rent out texts and that they might be able to circulate them in this particularized way. Um, and so he's really banking on his own popularity to get these texts out. And it works, mm -hmm. right? Like it, it definitely works. So, you know, one way that you can do it is you can go the Bernardo Clairvaux way and you can go just like through the church and then the church will go, yeah, we think this is good. And then they will make their own copies and they will send things out. But Abelard's doing kind of like uh, self-promotion uh, DIY kind of like grassroots. I want to get my ideas out and which is what they're showing up and yelling at about people like yelling at people about how they're stupid mm. is for him. He's like, yeah, well, I'll go and I'll <laughs> prove myself to be the real genius. And then maybe their students will come and like they will attach themselves to me and then they will read my texts and then those texts will circulate. Right. Um, and like this is kind of what's so devastating for him when he gets accused of heresy and his stuff gets burnt. It's like it's, like, it's pretty easy if you want to. Like, you know, you've only got to find like a couple hundred of whatever and then burn them and they're good to go. But those couple hundred things will be read by students and then the students might like spread them by word of mouth, right? Like say you're a student, but you just, and you end up in the church, right? Like you don't end up being a, a theologian particularly, but you end up, you know, being a priest or whatever. You might preach these ideas and then everyone who isn't literate is going to go, oh, like, and they'll get hold mm. of it that way, right? So, um, and people really like, preaching like for for them like preaching is like the equivalent of going to the movies right like they're they're really mm -hmm. quite into it so that's a really valuable way of circulating these things so you've got to understand abelard as kind of like a diy guy who's like i'm gonna make my name for myself by posting all the time and be like oh hey everybody check out my new book right like i, I so I, I relate to him because it's like you know i'm like he just like me for real right <laughs> like as opposed to um you know the, the the church way where it's like people are individually kind of like um say like coming up through the ranks and being designated as like the guy that's okay. That is, so, that is so interesting because I think that there is a a, a general misunderstanding, uh, um, where people think that before the printing press, 
there was more or less no real method of um mm. of communities forming around publication and around the sharing of written documents well that there was no real posting mechanism and yeah. i've always got the sense that that's like not quite correct but i'm really really thrilled to a be proven right because who doesn't love that and and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and also to have it kind of sort of spe- sort of spelled out in 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 terms of like what the actual kind of like what the actual kind of system was like how like how it, how it worked like how like the kind of the sites of generation of of these documents and then how the, that kind of seeps out and how that gets and how that gets circulated um and mm. it meant it makes it sound as well that it did form it did form communities around this around this around this work um and yeah. not just and not just amongst literate communities not just among uh, not just among the the very kind of specific sort of specifically kind of closed off uh, kind of forum like <laughs> forum like level of the university like stuff was like stuff was getting screenshotted and put on medieval twitter Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even at the end of his life, you know, when he's got no dick and like he's got no, you know, university position or whatever, people are still kind of like going out into the middle of the French wilderness to find Abelard's school and learn with him. Right. So it, it mm. and this is kind of testament to the fact that even though the church is very powerful, obviously, and they're able to kind of say, yes, no, this can this can exist. This cannot there are still ways for individuals to subvert that and become, you know, uh, famous, right? So it's like he's still famous enough that people seek him out even when he's theoretically in exile and disgrace, right? Mm. So, you know, he he posted his way to like a permanent living for sure. Um, mm. And there are ways of kind of doing that even if there there is there there are ways of shutting things down as a result of this system but it also makes it really really difficult to stop ideas more generally and you know that also kind of shows us that there is a diversity of thought and opinion in theological stuff in the medieval period right because some would say that when something heretical happens and the church like shuts you down then well that's it for you and no one will ever like you again but there are plenty of people who are like no i think that guy's cool and I'm still going to go mm. for it. I don't really care what St. Bernard has to say about it. Right. Mm. God. Okay. This is, yeah. Like I said, I really, I, I really feel like there's just so much, so much to uh, discuss about him, but I think we are going to have to draw the episode to close. Um, Hussein has not managed to reconnect and reappear. So, um, so I will just, uh, I will just do, um, just do final plugs. Um, please, tell us um how you can get a hold of your book yeah so my book is available wherever good books are sold um a place that i'm kind of encouraging people to get it from is uh bookshop.org which you can do both Mm. in the uk and uh in america but fundamentally you can get it anywhere um and you know (laughs) review it if you like it and if you don't like it take it to your grave Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Keep, Thanks. keep that. Keep that to yourself. That's yeah. a. That's on the etiquette list. If you don't like someone's book, then you just keep that. You just keep yeah, just on sh- moving. Keep on moving, quiet. sunshine. Keep it down. Keep it <laughs> Nobody down. Nobody needs yeah. to hear about. <laughs> Nobody needs to hear about you and your thoughts. No one Mm-mm. cares. You're Peter of Abelard. No one gives a shit. Um, you write your own goddamn book about medieval women. You don't write like your mine. Own, yeah. Write your own. Write your own book. Um, 
you can follow this show now on instagram which at the moment has no content on it because we haven't done any yet um but that is on instagram at 10k post podcast um you can subscribe to my Substack, which I'm really, really disappointed that I did not know about um, about the like the like the catalogue of my calamities uh, <laughs> title before I came up with the title for it. But um, that is from the twisted mind of Phoebe, and I'm yeah, I'm really sorry if you have subscribed to it and are expecting to see some more stuff. I've been um, very, very snowed under and also sick, um, but I promise there will be some fun stuff coming in the very very new near future so that's phoeberoy.substack.com um and you know you know the rest of the plugs i'm not doing the rest of the plugs i'm not doing all of them i don't want to um this show is produced by devon you can follow them at devon on earth um on twitter and you can listen to their podcast kill james bond and um it only remains for me to uh, thank eleanor once again and to tell you to to buy her book yeah, I think that I think that's it. That's it from us. Thank you for listening. As always, have a good one. Sounds Bye-bye. good. Right. Bye. Bye-bye.